Welcome to Myth vs. Reality, an educational podcast with Hamish Brewer and Andy Jacks. Join us when we have fun deciding what are the myths and what are the realities in education today. We're excited to bring you a fresh and innovative look at some of the hot topics educators and school leaders are facing right now. So sit back, enjoy the show, and let us know what you think. All right, folks, again, thank you for coming out. We really appreciate you. Andy wouldn't want me to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. Andy's book drops today along with our podcast. Uh, his his book is Discipline Wins. It's a great book. I've read it. I wrote the forward. I can't tell you enough. If you want to improve discipline, get out there, read this book, check it out. It's hot. You know how it goes, fam. It goes uh, four topics, four minutes with a couple of uh, quick hit, fun hits at the end, the four big topics today. Myth versus reality number one, the last normal school year chart is flawed. Number two, four to six weeks in, we have educative fatigue. Is it real? And myth versus reality, guided reading groups should wait until all pre-testing is done. And then finally, discipline clip charts work to change behavior. That's on the big board today. Andy, you're leading us out of the gates. Let's go. All right, here we go. First topic. All right, it's a big one. So there's a there's a chart going around. I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty popular on social media where it talks about, you know, grade levels, kindergarten through seventh grade. And it shows that if those students in that grade, when was their last year of normalcy? And it shows that, you know, for like three years ago, I guess, was last year of normalcy. And specifically for the kindergarten, first and second grades, it says never as a last year of normalcy. As a parent of three kids, I know you have four kids and, and one of my kids is in second grade like that's it says on this chart never have a normal year so the myth is or reality is the last school year has it really been three years so are these kids like flawed education for three years what do you think about that myth or reality the last normal school year was three years ago so we haven't gotten education in three years you know what andy i'm going with a myth but that all depends on how you use the word education how it looks normal words like that right words like that things like that can be uh twisted and made to read however you want to read them i think some of it's actually a disservice to all the educators out there man this is what i saw the last couple of years of working through the pandemic of which is still happening today let's not lose sight of the fact that we are still in a pandemic it's the it's kind of like that conversation is it normal is it the new normal well we're in the normal we're in the rest. We're dealing with reality right now. We're sitting in it right now. But it's kind of like when people say there was lost learning the last couple of years. You know what? I hate that term lost learning because I think, again, it's all a disservice to the amazing educators out there that stood on the wall each and every day that came to work to teach. You know, I saw teachers teaching every day. Were we perfect? No. Did we strive for perfect? 100%. All my teachers gave it up every day and some more to be there to help kids any which way they knew. You know, we learned a lot of new things. We taught a a little bit different. It looked and sounded a little bit different. But here's what I'm going to tell you, man. Teachers didn't stop turning up. And so uh, was it disrupted? Yes. Was it interrupted? Yes. Was it perfect? No. But did we keep teaching? 100% yes. Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Teachers been hustling, school's been working. That just looks like I, I hate when I see that kind of stuff because it just looks like, you know, nothing's been happening, and, and it and it just it's not true. Yeah, it's not true. It's not true, and it takes for granted all the other learning that kids have been doing during that time. I mean, the, the experience of you know being home and juggling things and learning technology and learning how to work online and, and, and organization. There's there's a lot of learning that was happening. Um, so I think it may. I think it's flawed. I think it's a. I think it's a myth that the normal school year hasn't happened in a long time. I think normal is all relative, anyways. Kids are going through all sorts of different things. They need help with different things. And a lot of our kids. You know what? I think a lot of our kids are doing okay. I really do. I think parents 
and teachers and schools have been working really hard to make sure that they're okay. Does that mean that everyone's okay? No, we got to help them. We got to find them. We got to take care of them. But the reality is, I think that's a myth. Yeah, you know, Andy, just to finish, man, it did hurt my kids, though. I'm going to be real, man. It was hard being yeah. uh, in this pandemic. It's been really hard on our students, and uh, they're doing the best they can with it, too, as are our families. And uh, just because it doesn't look like a normal, normal school year, like uh, we've been used to, accustomed to for the last 40 years, you know, um, doesn't mean that we haven't been out there doing the work. I'm good with that topic today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 I, yeah, I should make sure we say that. Yeah, because kids are struggling. There are some things that are tough out there. But I, I just it's more back to the teachers. I think it's such a. I guess the reason I don't like that chart is because it just it shows that sort of negativity towards what has been the hard work that people have been yes. doing. So now, like, I don't want to say that people haven't been struggling, right? Because sure. Kids have been struggling. People have been struggling. Yes. It's been serious. I, that's not really what my point is. My point is. That chart doesn't help us. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't, we know that there's an issue. I'd get sick of some of that stuff because all it says is that, you know, uh, you know sort of like, woe is me and blah, blah. I think it's more of that positive mindset of, okay, let's make this thing happen. Let's make this thing work. Yeah, we need a reality check, but also we need to keep encouraging each other, lifting each other up and inspiring each other to be great each and every day, brother. Yeah, man. So that goes perfect on to the next topic. All right. All right, buddy. You know, uh, every school division is a little different right now. We all came back at different times. Our school division, we've been back about four weeks now. But for the last four to six weeks, everybody's been back. Uh, and the question for today is myth or reality. Is educator fatigue real right now, Andy? Oh, <laughs> you know, this is uh, as we're recording this, this starts the principal's month too. October is principal's month. And I think educator, administrator, <laughs> teacher, teacher assistant, secretary, nurse. How about that nurse fatigue? Shout out to all those school nurses out there. Custodians, secretaries. Custodians, right? I mean, geez, I think the fatigue is real. I think you're not kidding. I think I think that is reality. Uh, fatigue is real. Usually this time of year, it's like you're just you're just cruising. And um, I think people are ready to get I'm really worried that this is a burnout year, and I know, and I know I'm being hypocritical because the last session I just said that we need to be more uplifting and positive mindset, um, and I do think that's true. I think that we have to be careful, and so my uh, caution out there to people is that we need to really be mindful of the burnout and fatigue that this is going to cause us, and it is causing us. And the idea that we're still dealing with the trauma from last year, we're still dealing with it right now. It's like just because it happened last year doesn't mean it's all out of our brains and out of our systems. So I think that we're going to have to really work hard together to keep each other in check and to keep each other um, in that sort of sort of positive and uplifting place that, uh, you know, basically reach out to people, reach out to your colleagues, reach out to your friends, watch out for each other. And I think that's the best thing we can do right now. What do you think? Yeah, man, I think that is definitely a reality, man. It's really real, but I'm going to take a couple of different takes. I'm going to go with a couple here. You know, like we're asking educators to do a hell of a lot right now, and it's it's the same conversation nationwide. It isn't a localized conversation. You know, we've got uh, teachers being asked to look after classes because buses are late. We don't have enough buses in the morning, buses in the afternoon. We're changing schedules. We're changing timetables. We don't have enough subs, man. The subs are uh, not there, and we're, we're covering classes, splitting classes. We're doing all these extra things um that is making the job incredibly uh tough at the moment on everybody i mean i'm i'm in the room subbing too you know like as leaders if you're a leader out there listening make sure you're doing your bit you're doing your heavy lift that you're sweeping the sheds just as much as anybody else right now you know you can't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself but you know i want to also give an interesting take in that you know as we come back and it's been a minute um since we've been back to full operation five days a week all day long all that kind of stuff 
um, you know, it's kind of uh, easy to forget what that busyness felt like, right? And so it feels amplified because we haven't done it in a while. So I worry about that a little bit that um, we just haven't been used to doing it again for a while. And that coming back, you know, we can over amplify it and, and easily forget what it did feel like to be to be on that everyday grind, busy, 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 in the hustle, in the bustle, in the middle of the class. But it's real, man. We've got to protect our educators. We've got to repeat. Uh, protect all of our staff right now including our secretaries man it just everybody's picking up a little bit extra and we've got to make sure that everybody stays um positive about it because it's easy to live in a world of animosity when you're picking up a lot of extra so as long as everybody's pitching in but it's a reality man fatigue's there uh, we have a uh, I just i'll get out of here in just a minute but we have a, we have a teacher identity crisis you know education has a crisis it goes back to topics we've talked about in the past attracting good teachers attracting people and that's just all adding to fatigue right now yeah and on that note it, administrators be real careful here if teachers need leave they deserve the leave they're yes. entitled to leave yes we have to be careful that just because we're having a hard time getting subs means that we don't allow teachers to take leave or limit in some capacity i think that's a real danger zone i think people need it more than ever and frankly if their job is entitled to it they deserve it so sure. I, I just i just think that the system can't crash uh when that happens that as administrators we need to start being creative and i need i know we're all working hard out there on this issue yeah. Um, but just don't don't take it out on the teachers. It's not their fault that you know we have leave issues and sub issues. And don't forget they have family too, right? Their families yeah. are big. Yeah, and they get sick. Yeah, yeah, and everything like normal, man. Yep, for sure. All right, we're it. All right, so this topic is this topic for me is interesting. So. This is something I thought beforehand too, before COVID, um, same thing now, is guided reading groups should wait until all pre-testing is done. Is that a myth or reality? And here's the breakdown of it. So teachers typically break kids down by reading ability to line instruction according to their level of what, you know, proximal development, that's a Vygotsky thing. Um, usually it doesn't start until after the pre-testing is done to find out their levels. Usually it can wait up to a month to do this. The argument is that you need these updated levels and information to create groups and differentiated instruction. If you don't use pre-testing, then the instruction isn't as personalized per student. That's the argument. But is it worth waiting that long and missing potential instructional time during this time? What do you think? Myth or reality? Guided reading groups should wait until all pre-testing is done. Straight up, Andy, I think it's a myth, man. I think reading should start the first day of school, man. The first day we come back, kids should be reading all day long. Literacy is the most important thing we do in schools, right along some of our other subjects. Don't get me wrong, but kids being able to read and write, they need to be doing that all day long. Read, write. You know, you can't read it. You can't write it. You can't write it. You can't read it. It's just a everyday tackle. If kids aren't reading uh, every day in school, when are they reading? Because the reality is a lot of kids are not reading at home. You know, they're reading only when they're with us. And if you take a stop, top, stop watch around your school and time how much a child really does engage in authentic purposeful reading experience it could be quite scary of how little they're actually doing and you know what here's what i'll tell you man if we're really looking at our data we do really truly have a good grasp of where our kids were the year before in, in a lot of respects right so why can't you use that data to help set yourself up and then be flexible after the fact right as as new information comes to hand you adjust you adjust on time but why would we waste a whole month why would we lose and waste a whole month of quality instructional time for kids to actually be reading I've, that's always been a thing for me that we start reading the first day of school man every day is an opportunity why wait a month yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's also a myth. I think that pre-testing is important. I think finding levels are important. I think differentiating instruction is important and breaking those into groups accordingly. 
But I tell you what, teachers are pretty smart and they figure kids out pretty quickly. And I think after that first hour, you know, in school on the first day, they start looking at these kids and they realize like, oh, yeah, we need some more help here. We need some help with that. And I think I think what you said spot on as you go and as you learn more information, you adjust more and more and more. And frankly, teachers are doing that all year round. It's not like they they use all this pre-testing and then everything is just static for the rest of the year. We, we assess and change, assess and change. And that's that whole formative assessment model where, you know, it's just this constant learning about how the student is doing and what they need and adjusting instruction accordingly. So, in fact, I think all this effort on pre-testing, while it's extremely important, I think it sort of minimizes the ongoing assessment that is needed throughout the year. And we need to get this done, get that information, and then use it. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes we rely on certain sets of data and uh, sometimes I think we've got to spend some extra time helping teachers identify the ability to be able to collect data in a more meaningful, targeted way when it comes to literacy. It doesn't have to be this long-winded assessment to find out where a child is at. You can do, you know, like simply back in the day, we'd do a simple running record, man, on a couple of pages. And we could very quickly identify how we could help a child and where they would be with their reading. But, you know, that's another topic for another day, assessments of reading and what that looks like. But it's definitely a myth and we should be reading all day long, purposeful. All right, man, next topic and the final one for the day. Well, topic number four, here we go. Discipline charts work to change behavior. You know, I remember some of these charts from back in the day when I went to school and you put the names on the board, you list the names or you have the chart and even the pegs, you know, the, the pegs that you use on a clothesline. There's all sorts of different charts out there uh, for collecting this uh, information. But what I want to know is, is it a myth or reality that discipline clip charts work to change behavior? Andy, go. Oh man, you just you just stuff. This is a softball throw right here. Oh, this is definitely a myth. 100% a myth. Discipline clip charts are just the latest in the long line of shame and exclusion that traditional discipline has been. If you're trying to change behavior, the last thing you want to do is embarrass kids and shame them in front of others. It ruins the integrity and ultimately it hurts the relationship between the teacher and the student. And you know the number one factor in improving behavior is the relationship between the teacher and the student because students do things because they want to, because they care about you, not because you're embarrassing them in front of others. I got a great story on this one. So I just talked with an awesome principal out there uh, recently and he was telling me about this story where there's a clip chart. He was getting rid of clip charts. He was saying, okay, we're not leveling down. You can level up on a clip chart so you can show positive things. You know, kids are doing above and beyond, but we can't level down. And so a uh, kid came to him pretty upset, you know, not too long afterwards. He goes, what's wrong? He goes, I got leveled up. And he goes, well, why are you upset? You got leveled up. He goes, I don't, I don't know. I got leveled up to yellow and then I got leveled up to red. And then the principal realized all the teacher did was flip the clip chart upside down. And instead of going negative, going down, they just went negative going up. So he's like, oh, yeah, okay, now I'm cutting them all together. I'm cutting them all together. I'm not upside down, right side up, left to right, none of it all together. And I'm sad uh, sad that this is even still a practice, uh, but I'm I'm thankful that it's starting to go away, just like the dunce cap and just like sitting in the corner and just like sending them out of school. What do you think? can't discipline trauma bro we spend way too much time um losing time to instruction because of our disciplinary practices you've said this to me really well in the past when you've said things to me like this uh you know instead of building discipline plans andy we should build uh, support plans right um i am 100 against against any form of public humiliation of a child for um for for um 
behavior you know like so for me it's a complete um, myth that a discipline chart or discipline name board anything like that on a uh, board of any description works it doesn't change behavior if anything it uh, enhances the behaviors that you're trying to get rid of you embarrass a kid a kid comes out of the corner they only know one way out of the corner man they're fighting their way out of that corner bro unfortunately and we don't want to get in those situations you said it good too before we don't give don't don't create a stage don't create a platform yeah take it off the stage take it off stage if you got to work with a student take it off the stage do everything to keep the integrity of the child that should always be the forefront of your thinking even if you're angry even if you're upset even if you're frustrated our frustration should never come out on the students and that work that they're doing in the classroom uh, at the end of the day you know i come back to this do clip charts even work for people so those people that are still stuck on clip charts is it working for you is your behavior in class so much better because of that clip chart you know, research shows it doesn't, it's not effective strategy to do that. And there are better strategies to use. You know, the best strategy is time. One-on-one -on -one individual time with that student where you're fully present and in the moment listening to their needs. That is the best strategy you could possibly use to help change that behavior. Couldn't agree more. Let's go. I think that uh, we're moving on to the fun topics. Yeah, <laughs> from, buddy. Went from fatigue to discipline to reading, and now we're fun. All right, what do you think? First topic. You ready for the first topic? Yeah, let's rock and roll, brother. Let's All right, man. So first topic is pumpkin spice latte is the best part about fall. All right, so there's different types of lattes. But pumpkin spice, once that comes out, that is like the thing. People love it. People wait for it all year. You smell it, and it's just like you think fall. What do you think? Is it myth or reality? Pumpkin spice is the best part about fall. Man, you're such a pretty boy, bro. Pumpkin spice <laughs> freaking latte. What are you talking about, man? I Dude, we have our coffee runs. You and I have had so many Starbucks coffee runs together. You Don't pretend like you don't love your lattes. I do love my lattes, but pumpkin spice, bro, I got to draw a line right there. You know what? Maybe in all fairness to you, I should really get one. It's just something yes. that doesn't make sense to me when you start mixing. It's like mixing your vegetables. Like as a kid being told you got to eat your greens. Pumpkin spice latte. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm going to get you one right now. I'm going to bring it over. They're the best thing in the world. So I think it's a reality. It's the best part. Well, I don't know about best part about fall. One of the best parts about fall for sure. All right, next topic. What do you think? All right, I got the next one. So uh, my good friend here, Andy, has been a truck guy for a long time. And we know there's a lot of truck lovers out there. And, uh, you know, one of the things when I first came to America, when I joined the firehouse, was the fact that the boys all had their jacked up, fire, uh, jacked up trucks. You know, you owned a truck, it had to be as high as you could get it. I don't quite comprehend it. I don't quite get it. But, Andy, here it is, buddy. Should trucks be jacked up? Myth or reality? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I think it's a reality. And please keep telling my wife that this is a reality. You know, I, I think that 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 there's something about it's like it's like having a, the old school Tonka truck when you're a kid, you know, it, those <laughs> those trucks that you had playing, those, they were they were always jacked up. So I think from the very beginning, we were warping our brain to think the truck should be jacked up, right? So um, I'm just looking for an excuse to get mine higher and higher, you know, you know, what's um, funny about us, Andy, is you're trying to get higher and higher. And I just try to get lower and lower. That's right. You're just trying to get on the floor <laughs> on the floor yeah. I mean, you know i'll get mine so high that i can like roll over yours just you just probably will clear you know what could I mean? be fast and furious i could there take you the go under your truck like the very first one <laughs> back right. in the day that's all right. right that's about a wrap for us today what do you say andy that was a good show today a lot going on um, yeah, thanks for everyone joining us today. Make sure that you make your reality by doing the best you can in your schools. We talk about myths and realities, but we make our own realities every single day. What do you think?
Yeah, as always, man, we, we don't pretend to be perfect. We don't pretend to have all the answers. So we're just trying to share some chit-chat, some experiences we've had. We really appreciate you. Uh, thanks for coming out, fam. As always, man, we love your feedback and comments. We're seeing some amazing comments on social media. Thank you again for coming out, Knuckleheads. It's game time. It's over. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, let's go.